Hello and welcome to Mixler News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. What up, what up, what up, what up? How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? I'm doing good. I hope you're doing good. It is January 24th. It is a Wednesday. And there is quite a bit of news we're going to talk about today. And the fact that... Oh, we have one more We have one more week of January, folks. Which is a wild statement in and of itself. But there, there's... It's it, it we're what three weeks four weeks into the year four weeks into the year and it's already off to like a crazy start. There's always there's already shenanigans across the nerd spectrum, right? And it it's only gonna go up from here. So there, there's no reason to uh, put on airs right about anything. There, there's no reason to, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> that's that's just a, a turn of phrase, if you will. But there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And we're going to talk about a lot of it today, surprisingly enough. What about Power World, huh? That damn game is taking over the world is it not it it literally has broken like every steam record and it hasn't even been a week it it's it's on game pass so if you want to play it there you don't have to pay for it i i don't know if it's on pc game pass though honestly we can easily rectify that as i sit here on a computer with game pass installed there there's I don't I don't even know what to say about this game. I, I'm gonna check it out eventually soon, right? I don't wanna I don't wanna check it out too late because that would defeat okay, it's it's on it's on PC Game Pass. Look at look at that. So or you can buy it for thirty dollars and it's like a game alpha. So there's that. Jon Stewart is returning to the Daily Show after leaving it eight years ago. He will not be the everyday host, so we'll we'll talk about that. And of course, the Oscar nominations were released yesterday, and boy, oh boy, did that make a splash! Some major, major snubs at the Oscars, surprising pretty much everyone that that 
they did not nominate some certain people. And it, it, I'm, I'm even very surprised. Even if you didn't like that particular movie or that particular actor or actress, that doesn't mean they, they, or director, that doesn't mean that they like didn't deserve the nomination for the award, right? So we're going to talk about that for sure. Those are the top three stories. But before we get into the actual news, just always remember, check out nixnernews.com. The website was recently relaunched. Uh, it's been maybe a month or two now at this point, so it's a, it's a lot more fluid and cleaner. If you guys want to check it out, uh, also while you're there, you can find links to all of the places you can subscribe to this show. Guess what? We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube, folks. We are on YouTube. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, all the places you want to be to listen to the show. Um, don't forget to also check out our social media tab. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Threads, Twitter, and YouTube, right? <laughs> it's funny. They're all on all of them. Uh, we're also on Discord. So if you guys want to join the server, talk to other fans of the show, talk to me, you can. Just looks for Nick's Nerd News on all of those above places. You guys will not be disappointed. So let's not waste any more time and let's get right into the show, shall we? All right, all right, all right. Yes, that is the most non-impression of Matthew McConaughey as possible. Let's get into gaming news, shall we? So, obviously last year, the gaming industry was fraught, fraught with layoffs. And in a new survey that was done by the GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference, uh, they have found that... So, around at least 10,000 employees of game developers were laid off last year. Uh, exact numbers aren't exactly there. But via this survey, it suggests that at least one-third of all game developers were impacted by layoffs last year. So, uh, they were either directly laid off or witnessing them happen at the company. So, that means one-third of every developer themselves not the developer the company the developers the people the actual human beings so that was uh they they surveyed around 3000 developers and asked different topics uh so it asked about layoffs 35% of developers said their company had been impacted by layoffs 7% were laid off themselves and most dramatically impact the quality assurance sector wow the one place they should increase. 22% of QA workers say they were laid off. Looking ahead, uh, said they were at least a little bit concerned their company would lay off, have layoffs in the next 12 months. And the number of percentage workers surveyed in favor of unionization also went up to 57% last year compared to 53% last year. Uh, then it went on to talk about AI. 49% of developers said that generative AI was being used in their workplace in some capacity. While 23% said they had no interest in generative AI at all, 
Interestingly enough, more indie devs were, which is about 37%, said they were using generative AI in their work, whereas only 22% of AAA and AA devs said they were using it. Um, just over half of all developers said their companies had policy of some kind on the use of generative AI, but AAA companies were also more likely than indie studios to have those policies, especially when it came to restricting the use of it. One-fifth, around 25% of AAA devs, said their companies have banned the use of such tools compared to 9% of indie developers. Almost all developers had at least some concern about the ethics of generative AI, around 84%. So, interest is on the decline for blockchain technology. 77% of developers saying their studio had no interest in it. 2% said they were using it currently. So... It looks like uh, there was also asked about the next Nintendo console. 8% of developers said they were currently developing games for a Switch successor. And 32% of developers said that developing for the platform was an, of, an, of interest to them. So we'll see uh, what happens in the near future. It's an interesting survey. Uh, game Developers Conference, of course, is a trade association representing game developers. Moving on. So, Hogwarts Legacy sales numbers for last year have been confirmed. They were the number one selling game of 2023. For the first time, a non-Call of Duty game beat Call of Duty at sales since 2008's Rock Band. That is over... Over 15 years, over 15 years of games uh, not beating Call of Duty. It was number one by dollar sales on PlayStation, second on Xbox, and fifth on Nintendo platforms. So it looks like, uh, yeah, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 was number two. Uh, EA's Madden NFL 24 was in third. Wow, a Madden in the top three? Marvel Spider-Man 2 fourth, Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom at fifth. So, interestingly enough, Starfield did not make the top five. So, Hogwarts Legacy sold at least 22 million copies, and Spider-Man 2 sold more than 5 million in 11 days, fastest-selling PlayStation Studios game over a 24-hour period. Tears of the Kingdom had sold 19.5 million copies worldwide by the end of September, so... By the end of the year, it might be a higher number. Uh, Starfield failed to crack the top 10, but it could be that it, because of the launch on Game Pass, it did not uh, sell as many as people who just maybe got it for free. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Baldur's Gate 3, which surprisingly um, did not make on the list, but their sales data is not shared with Circana which is the company that tracks it. So the top 10 selling games of 2023 are Hogwarts Legacy, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Madden NFL 24, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4 at number 6, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 at 7, look at that, Mortal Kombat 1, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, in EA Sports FC 24. Oh, how the mighty have fallen with FIFA below Madden. Uh, Square Enix really wants everyone to stop comparing Foam Stars to Splatoon. 
saying, quote-unquote, they are different games. They are totally different. Obviously, that's not going to stop. That's just how the zeitgeist works, baby. People are going to compare it, even if it's not apples to apples. Like, it's it's just going to happen. That is, that is just how things work. And that's how social media works. And that's how brands work, right? Not every tissue is a Kleenex, but everyone calls them Kleenex, right? It just, it just happens, okay? It just does, Square. You're going to have to live with it. Um, a lot of gamers were having a flutter, if you will, having a, a, a meltdown over words that Satya Nadella had said on an interview. And he was speaking with Bloomberg. Satya Nadella, of course, is the CEO of Microsoft as a whole. But anyway, he was talking to Bloomberg, of course, known for their financial news. And he said, quote, We love gaming. In fact, Flight Simulator was created even before Windows. But we were number three, number four. And now with Activision, I think we have a chance of being a good publisher. Quite frankly... On Sony and Nintendo and PCs and Xbox, we're excited about that acquisition closing, and I'm glad we've got it through, unquote. So, a lot of people seem to think that Xbox is just going to completely abandon the console market and just put all their games on Sony, Nintendo, and PC. Now, as a betting man, I would not bet on that. And neither would a lot of other people. What Satya is saying is that not every game is going to be exclusive. Yes, that is the assumption that all of the games are going to be exclusive. But, but as we already know, Call of Duty will not be. They are going to be a publisher when it comes to games like Call of Duty. More than likely, uh, other similar games with huge swathing audiences. I don't think I use that word properly. But when it comes to to games with audiences like that, they're not going to make them exclusive because they would be losing out on a ton of money. Now, of course, you could make the counter argument they should make them exclusive. That would make them more likely to make a console purchase then, right? People are going to buy the game and to buy the console. I don't always buy that because that's a, a little bit more expensive. I get it, right? Console sellers, they're out there. They exist. Is Call of Duty a console seller? Potentially, right? People are going to play where their friends are. But, but realistically, Microsoft and Xbox can make more money if they sell Call of Duty across all platforms, right? So, again, it it's... It's all interesting. We're, we're learning about potentially Hi-Fi Rush and maybe even Sea of Thieves going to PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, their exclusivity windows um, would be interesting. I mean, Sea of Thieves would be has been out six years, so it's, its exclusivity window would be a, a, a longer than most. Uh, see, Hi-Fi Rush has only been out a year. I don't really know. I think that would have been announced already at this point, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, so I, I think people are freaking out, and I think it's not as much of a story as some people maybe want you to believe, or maybe you're writing a clickbait article trying to get you to click on it. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, 
some data miners who have been looking into Call of Duty have found that a potential crossover with Warhammer 40K may be in the works. Uh, that would be an interesting crossover. They're completely, completely different. How would those character models even work? I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online has announced that it will be ending support for the Rockstar Editor on last gen. So if you're playing on PS4 or Xbox One, you won't be able to use the Rockstar Editor on Grand Theft Auto Online anymore. So just be aware of that if you're still playing on last gen. Guess what? The Xbox Developer Direct was also last Thursday. So it was a pretty decent show. Um, not a whole lot was announced, but we got firm confirmations on quite a bit, actually. So, the Indiana Jones game was officially shown off and is launching this year. Unfortunately, we don't have an official date or a time frame, but Machine Games went in-depth into the development of the game. They did work hand-in-hand -hand with Lucasfilm. It will be a first-person game. You get to play first person as Indiana Jones. That's pretty interesting. Uh, granted, Machine Games is an expert at that. Machine Games is also an expert at games where you fight and kill Nazis. Of course, they make all the Wolfenstein games. Uh, it will be set between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. It will be called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Uh, Troy Baker will be voicing Indiana Jones. Unfortunately, they could not get Harrison Ford. Um, he sounds perfect in some places, and in other places he doesn't sound right at all, if you watch the trailer. The trailer looks amazing, by the way. Uh, there will be third-person portions. Uh, there will be a lot of puzzle solving. I mean, that that's the point of Indiana Jones, right? And yes, you guessed it. The whip will be a major, major component of the game and of your weaponry. You can use it for traversal. You can use it in combat. You can use it in, in just about every aspect of the game pretty much is what it seems like. The game also looks gorgeous, so that will help as well. But Indiana Jones and the, Lost and the Great Circle releases some point this year. We finally got a uh, release date for Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. It will release on May 21st. It will be digital only and cost only $50. Also available on Game Pass, uh, as will Indiana Jones. We got a deep dive into Avowed, the new game from Obsidian. It looks pretty clean. Uh, that is the first person fantasy RPG that they are developing. They showed off their dialogue trees and everything like that. Uh, that is expected to release fall of 2024. Visions of Mana was shown off. A surprise deep look into Visions of Mana from Square Enix. Uh, as that game is expected to launch in summer of this year. Uh, if you're into the Mana series. And then of course a deeper look at Aura History Untold. Which is the new 4X game from... Oh... Crap, what, what, what are, what's that studio? Oxide Games. Oxide Games is developing. 4X is a strategy-style game, much in the vein of the Civilization games. Uh, same idea, essentially. And that game looks pretty good as well. Uh, that is expected to hit Game Pass this fall and release this fall on PC and console. 
Uh, that was the Xbox Developer Direct. It was only about 48 minutes, just shy of an hour. Uh, of course, the, the set piece being the Indiana Jones game. Um, Elder Scrolls Online then followed with their own hour and showed off their next DLC that launches this June in the Gold Road expansion. If you are a big fan of ESO Online, which is going to hit its 10th anniversary this April. Uh, Square Enix has announced they want to release less games, but more diverse games, whatever that means. So they're essentially said they are going to shake up their portfolio. In an investor Q&A that took place in November, uh, which only was recently translated to English, the president of Square Enix, Taka Takashi Kiryu, addressed a lot of questions from investors uh, essentially saying this, quote, Because we possess strong IPs like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy franchises, I believe that we have tended to be -reliant, overly reliant on certain gameplay styles or genres. Meanwhile, the tastes of customers in the gaming market have diversified and customers have come to enjoy content from a variety of genres. Moreover, blockbuster titles are not the only ones that enjoy popularity. For example, our title Power Wash Simulator is somewhat of an outlier in our portfolio in that it is a game well suited for casual play, but we've been able to steadily build up our earnings from it, unquote. Uh, he also said, quote, take on new challenges partly because we want to add to the diversity of our portfolio of tiles, titles, as I noted earlier, while also enabling our developers to expand their skill sets, unquote. So it looks like they are essentially listening finally to the players and uh, maybe won't just pump out RPGs and Final Fantasy clones and Dragon Quest clones and things like that. So we'll see. All right, on to the game taking over the world. Quite literally taking over the world. And that is Pal World. Um, the game being dubbed Pokemon with Guns. But as so many of my friends have told me, it is much more than that. Uh, it's technically a survival game. It has hints of uh, it has hints of of Minecraft. It has hints of uh, farming games. It has hints of other survival type games and Pokemon and Call of Duty and and things like that. I've watched some people playing it, and it's just some of the catch rates, man. I was like, I'm I'm playing the DLC for Pokemon. Finally, I don't know if I can handle like wasting all that those resources to catch one pal as they're called in pal world but i just want to go over some things about it some of the accolades so yes it is on game pass and yes it is on steam and it is on the xbox console however if you play on xbox it does not have dedicated servers limiting you to about two to four players steam can have up to 32 in their servers so just be aware of that they are trying to get it updated to, to have parity on Xbox. Uh, like I said, it's one of the most played games on Steam. Um, it had just under 363,000 concurrent players on Steam uh, over the weekend, making it the fourth most played game behind PUBG and several things like that. Obviously, that was just at the beginning. It sold over 1 million copies in its first eight hours on Steam as servers struggled to cope with, with its launch. Uh, a Pokemon mod was already released for it, but 
Nintendo already went after that guy. No surprise. Pal World uh, then ultimately sold 5 million copies over the weekend. It overtook Cyberpunk on most played games list on Steam. And Jesus, it's a, it's a crafting game as well. So it launched on Friday. On, in early access on Steam, on Xbox, Windows, day and date with Game Pass. It became the fifth highest peak concurrent player count with 1.291 million people at the same time. Um, and then it became the most played game on Steam ahead of Counter-Strike 2, Dota 2, and PUBG. It's the sixth game ever to hit 1 million or more players. Uh, the devs behind it are saying they're working on getting Xbox parity, like I said. Um, that it is not an older build. Uh, he did say, so this is uh, Pocket Pair Community Manager Bucky, who's head of the Pell World Discord, said, quote, the versions of the game are not the same between Steam and Xbox. That is to say, Steam version 1.2 and Xbox version 1.2 are not the same thing. There seems to be some confusion that Steam and Xbox are missing features. That isn't entirely true. Some features may be slightly different or have different value, but other issues like missing exit game button are not a result of an older build. These are separate issues. In fact, Steam and Xbox will likely never have identical version numbers until the games are brought to be cross-play compatible, because at that point there will be the same game internally. Again, that doesn't mean Xbox is necessarily behind or anything, they are just fundamentally two different versions of the game because the architecture on Xbox is different. Xbox's version of 1.2 may not be the same as Steam's 1.2 and vice versa. Of course, the goal is to bring them to the exact same place, but this won't be achievable until cross-play is fully compatible. What I'm saying is a lot of people are asking for Xbox to be brought up to 1.2, but Xbox's 1.2 is not the same as Steam's 1.2. Um... I guess certification with Xbox is causing parity to uh, be delayed. So there is that. That is coming. Then we also learned uh, that the modder who put that Pokemon mod in to Power World has said, quote, Nintendo has come for me, unquote. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that was obvious. Nintendo is litigation heavy. Uh, Pal World has officially taken over Steam or over uh, Counter-Strike and second most popular game ever on Steam. It posted 1.853216 concurrent players. That was on January 23rd. I'm sure it's even higher than that. Uh, the only game above it is PUBG. That means that that many people are still playing PUBG. I thought that game was dead. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, that is nuts, man. It sold 6 million copies in its first four days. And, uh, that is, that is nuts. Pal, like I said, Pal World has taken over. Uh, it had sold over 8 million copies. As of today, it has sold over 8 million copies in a six-day span. Not even in a week. And it sold over 8 million copies copies that is insane people um that is insane in less than six days so that's maybe i should try it out that means it's about 189 million dollars in steam sales in five days per jeff Keeley. 
It even became the most played game on Xbox, passing Fortnite. Jesus Christ. So, uh, spotted by Matt Piscatella of NPD Group and of Circana Player Engagement Tracker, on Monday, Xbox players in the U.S. playing Power World surpassed Fortnite on the same platform. So, that is more than 200 minutes on average per player, and it only happened for one day. So, that's wild. And then we learned just, just a few hours ago that the Pokemon company has officially announced that they will be looking into Power World. Uh, an official statement saying, quote, we intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon company, unquote. Uh, so they also said, quote, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon in its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future, unquote. So, uh, the developers behind it, Pocket Pair, say their game is much more like Ark Survival Evolved and Vanaheim than Pokemon. Um, apparently they've been getting death threats since it came out over uh, Pokemon fans. From what I've seen... Yes, it, it has heavily heavy Pokemon vibes, um, but it doesn't look like they've stolen any direct assets as of yet. Again, as of yet, could be wrong. A lot of things could still come out, but let's just s calm down in the accusations. Yes, they look similar, uh, but even the person who said that they stole assets said he was lying. So as the game continues to grow, we'll, we will see ultimately what, what becomes of it but it definitely is stealing the hearts and minds of gamers in the U.S. Um, what's this? Oh, look, would you look at that, you know? Uh, Bungie has announced that players of Destiny 2 will now be able to modify their characters' looks. How long has that game been out? Quite a while, and it took this long for them to add it. You know what's crazy is the first Destiny came out like 10 years ago. That's nuts. Uh, some people think that Quake 6 was teased during the Xbox Developer Direct as the Quake logo and Quake was mentioned on a whiteboard in the background uh, when, they were, when they were at Machine Games talking about the Indiana Jones game. I'm sure we'll learn more later this summer. Uh, WWE 2K24 has been announced with a March 8th release date. Cody Rhodes will be the cover wrestler. CD Projekt Red is potentially looking into the idea of adding multiplayer to Cyberpunk 2077-2, or whatever that sequel ends up being called. Uh, do you guys want multiplayer in Cyberpunk? I don't. I don't know how that would work. Maybe it'd be like, I don't know. They always find a way to add some version of team deathmatch or something like that. Uh, well, the day before Saga continues. The game is officially dead, uh, now just 45 days after its release. Uh, servers have closed on, uh, did close on January 22nd, two days ago. So uh, publisher Matona had signaled that the end of the day before 
would happen. Um, it, of course, was pulled from the store after it launched after many, many issues. This game was always vaporware, always was, uh, and even so much so that the developers are blaming a smear campaign on why the game failed. So, <laughs> Fantastic, which is the developer, and of course they sh literally shut down like a few days after the game launched, said in a post, quote, why do they say that the release game is not the same as that in the trailers, and why was that game closed? Implemented, they, they then said, we implemented everything shown in the trailers. Um, it didn't include minor features like parkour, unquote. I'm sorry, parkour is a major feature, folks, if you include, you say you're going to include that in your game. Um, <laughs> this is what they, they said. It said, quote, the experiment where you're asked to count pink objects in a room and then recall the blue ones. The negative bias instilled by certain bloggers making money on hate affected perception of the game, unquote. No, guys, you just made a really shitty game. And it was vaporware from the start. I'm not even going to continue to read their nonsense that they spouted out to try and justify their game. <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, we got our last dev diary of Suicide Squad squad kill the justice league uh, before the game releases next month and they showed off the dlc which looks like i think the dlc is going to be free based on what i'm um what i saw in the video and they're introducing elseworlds content so yes uh, just the joker will be playable in this new elseworlds content uh, all the content will be released via the seasons uh, two episodes per season based on a different DC villain. But it will all be free. So all post-launch content plans for the upcoming game uh, were announced. And the roadmap will be DLC released for sometime in March. And new boss fights, enemy variants, variants, new playable environment based on the Joker. Two new episodes with new activities, missions, strongholds to partake in. Um... They plan at least three additional seasons, so that's sometime into either late this year or next year. Uh, it will introduce a new playable character and one new playable environment, uh, such and new weapons and activities. Um, so, it is set five years after Batman Arkham Knight. This will be a different Joker. Uh, a quote from design director Johnny Armstrong said, quote, the original Arkhamverse Joker has been dead for five years, but this is a new Elseworlds twist on the villain. Um, was part of the Suicide Squad in the Elseworld that he's from, which already shows that he's slightly more cooperative than previous Joker we've had, but he's unhinged in a different way. Uh, unquote. The game releases February 2nd, so next week, and it will all the DLC will be free to play. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. I'm excited forgot that game comes out next week uh, <laughs> so uh to continue with the story we started off with with layoffs in the gaming industry riot games has announced that they will be laying off 11 percent of their entire workforce uh, which is around 530 staff members this is pretty sad given that riot just rakes in money with league of legends so 
the layoffs continue. Uh, we also learned that Warner Brothers was looking to make a Damian Wayne Batman game. Uh, we first heard from one of the voice actors that it was canceled after leaks. I don't know how leaks would cancel a game. But according to Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier, the game was canceled um, before the leaks ever got out. Uh, in a Twitch live stream, Josh Keaton said that he was going to play Damian Wayne in a game that looked really awesome. But after it was leaked, they decided to cancel the game. So he said he'd taken three or four sessions with Damien before the project was canceled. He said, quote, it was a bummer, but they leaked everything, the whole plot line, not only the enemies and villains and rogues gallery, but also the concept art for them. They were doing such a different take on so many of the rogues gallery, it gave away everything, and that was different about the game, so it kind of sucked. The leaks killed the project. The leaks totally killed the project. Uh, it was not going to be in the Arkhamverse. Totally different thing, unquote. So, I... Um, that's weird. A Damian Wayne game? Like, people like Damian, but a Batman game? This game was from was first leaked in 2016 and canceled sometime before 2019 because uh, Warner Brothers Montreal went on to make Gotham Knights. So, uh, that that doesn't make sense. I, uh, why is this guy talking about it now? That's interesting. It's very interesting. Also, why are we believing a voice actor that it was canceled over leaks? I mean, these studios cancel games on a whim every day. I just, and based on the concept art I just looked at, I think a lot of it made its way into uh, Gotham Knights, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, Death Stranding, uh, Director's Cut, or Complete Edition, or whatever they're calling it, uh, is going to be hitting iPhones next week. Yes, iPhones. Uh, Backbone even announced a special phone controller uh, with Death Stranding themes, if you guys want to get that, for your iPhone 15s. Uh, Netflix has said that its games engagement tripled last year because of adding Grand Theft Auto to its service. Um, so Netflix reported full year earnings for fiscal 2023, uh, in which it reported that gaming engagement quote unquote tripled, uh, due to the release of the Grand Theft Auto trilogy on the service towards the end of the year. So, uh, Grand Theft Auto trilogy was quote, it's most successful launch to date in terms of installs and engagement with some consumers clearly signing up simply to play the games unquote. So... I, I still don't think it's anywhere near what Xbox and Sony are doing on their perspective platforms. Um, October, it was reported by, in, in October, it was reported by CNBC that less than 1% of all Netflix, 250 million subscribers were playing Netflix games on a daily basis. So if they tripled that, maybe they went up to like a couple thousand people who knows <laughs> we'll see if netflix gaming continues got some other not fun stories about netflix later in the podcast 
Uh, if you're still using Nintendo 3DS and Wii U online services, uh, you should s probably start to try and merge your accounts into Nintendo Online uh, before March, as that will be the cutoff date for merging your accounts, and all services will be shut down in April on those platforms. So please be aware of that. Uh, Nintendo also announced that they will stream on YouTube a Zelda sep two separate concerts, one for Zelda and one for Splatoon, uh, featuring songs from the games, if you guys want to watch those. Uh, a, a live-action show based on Final Fantasy XIV has officially been canceled after years in the works. And our final gaming news here has to do with Twitch. So last week we talked about how Twitch essentially admitted that they're not profitable. Well, we've learned that they will be expanding their partner program to uh, include affiliate streamers now. Um, what they announced was via a tweet said, quote, new update, Partner Plus is expanding starting May 1st. Partners and affiliates can earn higher revenue share for subs. Qualification starts February 1st, unquote. So the Partner Plus program will allow, allow partners and affiliates to earn higher revenue shares uh, starting on May 1st after you sign up for it. Um, affiliates will be allowed to qualify for the program starting on February 1st. Affiliate streamers will qualify for Partner Plus program if they reach 300 plus points for the 70-30 net revenue share level on paid and gift subscriptions, uh, which it reduced from the 350 plus points Twitch set up when they launched the program last year. Uh, they'll also qualify for the 60-40 net revenue if they maintain 100 plus points for three months straight. Uh, Twitch said by doing this, um, it will change the name of its program to just the Plus program. Uh, and that will go effect in May as well. Affiliate streamers in the Partner Plus program will also benefit from not having to deal with the $100,000 cap on the 70-30 net revenue share level, which Twitch recently removed. Um, they removed it after streamers complained about earning restrictions and uh, revenues reverting to the 50% standard rate from 70 after making 100 k So we'll see what happens with Twitch now that that's happening. Anyway, that is it for gaming. Let's take a drive up the five and see what's going on, shall we? In Hollywood. Forgot I forgot that part. <laughs> Okay, what is going on in Hollywood? Hollywood? Hollywood. So, in a weird news thing, story, that I find very interesting. On Friday, the new Mission Impossible movie hits Paramount+. Plus. That was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But, when the movie hits the platform on Friday... It will now know, be known as just Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. They've dropped the part one. I don't know how that makes sense because it literally ends on a cliffhanger. So, will the second movie, which is due out sometime in 2025 because of the actors and writer strikes, will it be part two when it releases in theaters? This is quite a bit to ponder when the movie comes out 
on Friday on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, the Michael Jackson biopic, 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 how do you guys say it? Do you say biopic or biopic? Which one is it? I, I don't, I don't, where's the emphasis? Anyway, the movie which is being directed by Antoine Fuqua, uh, the, of course, famous for directing Training Day and several other films, have found their young Michael Jackson. I love little Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, nine-year-old Giuliano Crew Valdi will play this version of the King of Pop. Uh, the movie is set to release sometime next year, 2025. And uh, this will... This actor will play, like I said, young Michael as his time in the Jackson 5. Lionsgate and Universal announced the casting today. Principal photography is expected to start next week. So this nine-year-old kid said, apparently this nine-year-old said, quote, this opportunity is really important to me because Michael Jackson is the king of pop and he is very special in my heart. I've been dancing to his songs for five years now. He makes me feel really special and makes me feel good about myself. I love the energy of Michael Jackson, unquote. Look, don't get me wrong. I know kids can dance to Michael Jackson, but a nine-year-old saying all that, he was probably reading it off a paper and it was written for him. Let's be honest, right? Um, We also know that Michael Jackson's nephew, Jafar Jackson, will play the adult version of Michael in the film. So it is written by... John Logan, the script writer from, uh, for Skyfall and Gladiator, of course being directed by Antoine Fuqua, who directed Training Day and the Equalizer, and uh, Graham King, who produced Bohemian Rhapsody and The Departed, will produce the movie. So we'll see uh, what's going on. Antoine Fuqua said, quote, If anything, casting the role of young Michael was more difficult than casting the adult role, because where do you find a child actor with the chops of the greatest entertainer who ever lived? In the end, that was our focus, talent. And we looked far and wide for an actor who could embody Michael's spirit through his voice, his charisma, and his dance skills. Giuliano's undeniable raw talent put him at the top of our list, unquote. So that will be an interesting movie when it comes out next year. Pablo Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber. Let's talk about Pablo Schreiber and the Halo show. So, Pablo has been saying some things recently, some good, some bad. Well, one thing that's good is he called out the sex scene in season one, uh, saying, quote, the decision to make the connection between Maquis and John a romantic connection was a huge mistake. I felt it was a huge mistake at the time, and I argued against it and fought against it, but I am who I am. I don't write the scripts. I only give my opinion. It wasn't listened to, unquote. Now, everyone... Um, everyone is, uh, uh, in agreement there. There should never have been a sex scene in the Halo show. And that just goes back to the showrunner just taking the lore and punting it, right? It's just like, why, why? Now, here's the issue that a lot of people are having with what he's saying now, and it has to do with taking the helmet off. And I get why he has this opinion. He's an actor and he wants people to see his face. So, we learned that he would be taking his helmet off again in Season 2 as Master Chief. Um, And this is what he had to say to uh, SFX Magazine. Uh, Games Radar also reported it. 
Quote, people who don't feel the helmet was necessary to come off, they're at such an early conception of what the show could be. In order to examine the discrepancy between these two versions of the character, Chief and John 117, you can't tell that story without taking the helmet off. If you don't agree with the helmet coming off in the show, you don't like our show, so there's no point discussing it. Unquote. Well, Pablo, there is a point in discussing it, because Chief and John are not two separate fucking people. Maybe they are in your show, in your little land, created by a moron who didn't follow the lore. Look, before I continue on that, some things can be changed with creative license. I'm not arguing that all the lore is, is good. It's not. I'm fine with them changing the portrayal of Captain Keys. I'm fine with them changing the portrayal of Miranda Keys. I'm fine with them changing the portrayal of Dr. Halsey and things like that. What I don't like is getting rid of Blue Team. What I don't like is changing John's backstory completely. What I don't like is the, like, changing of, of covenant lore of this Maquis character of, you know, John having sex with a human raised by the covenant. I don't like that they had Cortana, like, take over John. This is, there's things that are wrong with this show, and there's things that are fine. I don't like this weird story that they're doing with that other character with that was hanging out with Bokeem Woodbine's character. I don't like that. Soren. Right? And, and again, I understand it's a TV show, and you want to build these characters, but there's, there's not a fucking difference. Even if you read the books, which are not... I think they're canon in terms of the games, but like John barely takes his helmets off in there. And when he does, he's described as pale fucking white because he never takes off his fucking helmet or armor. Okay? Like, you don't like our show? Shut up, Pablo. You're an actor and you just want your face everywhere, dude. I get it, man. But like the fact that there's a scene in the first season of John without his armor walking around Reach is fucking asinine. The fact that there's a, a, a scene in the trailer of John fighting the Covenant without his armor on is asinine. Chief and John are the same fucking person. Okay? Or you can still tell that story without showing his fucking face. Hey, guess what? The Mandalorian, they barely show his face and that even has a, a big name actor behind it in 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 pedro right pedro bear i don't even think pedro took his helmet off in season three if i remember properly like <sighs> i'm sorry pablo like you, you 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 gotta relax here dude you gotta relax i don't agree with you i don't hate the show I don't love it, but there's more issues than the taking the helmet off. That's just one in a fucking million things that, that continue to add up that people dislike the show over. John, the whole point of Master Chief is for you to see yourself in him. Literally, people love the heart 
of the Halo 4 story, and he doesn't take his fucking helmet off. Okay? This is they never should have hired a name actor. They never should have hired a name actor. They should have left a stunt performer behind it, let the stunt performer get all the glory, and then just had some, and then just had um um why can't I think of his name? The guy who voices Master Chief and just had him do the voice on the show too. The dude's already like a radio voice actor. I mean, it it's it's it would have just been easier and people would have loved it. But clearly a lot of people love it because Paramount decided to pay for a second season. And luckily there's a new showrunner and and and, and I'm going to give it a chance. But it it it's it'll it'll be interesting and I just I'm I'm going to disagree with Pablo on that. You you earned some goodwill with being against the sex scene, but you ripped it all down when you told people if you don't like the helmet coming off, you don't like our show. Get the fuck out of here with that, dude. Like, for real, man. Not cool. Just not fucking cool. I'm, I'm going to move on to another topic before I get too heated. I love Halo. Halo's my second favorite thing after Star Wars. So, I... anyway. Alec Baldwin is being charged again over the fatal shooting, accidental shooting of his cinema, uh, cinematographer, in 2021 on the set of his film Rust. Um, uh, Helena Hutchins was, of course, uh, shot uh, by a gun that was in Alec Baldwin's hands on the set of his film. Obviously, it was supposed to be filled with blanks. It was a uh, gun used for the movie. Um, The movie has yet to be released. It was a Colt 45 revolver discharged a, a live round while within Baldwin's hands. It is very... Very rare for live rounds to be used on film sets, especially when those weapons are faced, are pointed at the crew. So, uh, he was hit with an involuntary manslaughter charge last January, so a year later again. And uh, prosecutors allege that the star had not taken proper precautions, but the star of the defense blamed the revolver. saying it had malfunctioned, he didn't pull the trigger. Again, actors should not be on the hook for this, people. They're not they're not experts in this. They literally have people on staff that handle all the weapons. Um, I'm not blaming that person, but it's not Alex's fault. I get the idea that he fired the gun, so he's at fault. I get that. Trust me. Totally understand. I'm all about gun safety and charging people in the right way. But in this case, in this case, you can't charge actors for that. They don't know. Unless they're they're fucking Keanu, they don't know. Um I I just he could serve up to 18 months in prison. I I just I don't understand why they're charging him. I think it's just cuz they fucking hate Alec Baldwin. And it's a red state. Um anyway, Jason Reitman, the man behind the most recent Ghostbusters films, uh, is making a movie about Saturday Night Live, and he has found his Lorne Michaels. So, it looks like, uh, via deadline, Gabriel LaBelle, who uh, famously portrayed, um, what's his, uh, he, he was in The Fablemans, he played the character based on Steven Spielberg, will be playing 
Lorne Michaels. Uh, Cooper Hoffman from Licorice Pizza will play Dick Ebersole, who is the head of NBC Late Night. And uh, Rachel Sennett will play Rosie Schuster, who was uh, Lorne's girlfriend at the time. So it will be uh, it's set to follow all the moments leading up to Saturday Night Live's premiere, which was hosted by George Carlin in October of 1975. And uh, it will be directed by Reitman and co-written by Reitman and Gil Kennan. And it uh, looks like they're going to try and get other people that were involved with uh, the forming of Saturday Night Live back then. Uh, we also have more fallout from the Flash movie. It looks like, <laughs> and these cameos, man, the cameos they put in the end of that movie, they should have been getting permission because now we've learned that Christopher Reeve's children were not involved in his cameo at the end of The Flash, nor have they seen the film, nor did they approve the CGI cameo of their father. Uh, Will Matthew and Alexandra Reeve spoke with Variety um, to discuss Superman, the Christopher Reeve story, a documentary uh, about their father that will be coming out later this year. And it looks like... Interesting... Um, let me see. The cameo, of course, featured Christopher Reeve, as well and has as well as Helen Slater's uh, Supergirl, who was his cousin, and it was confirmed that they were technically within the same universe, even though they never were on screen together. But it looks like um, it looks like it it just it was not there were no there was no approval about them. A lot of people said that he would probably have hated it. Um, I guess he, uh, yeah, there were interviews that came out with him from before he died away, died in 2004 uh, about his distaste for taking recurring roles for a paycheck. Um, yeah, interesting. It looks like, uh, even though Christopher Reeve was most known for it, his son, Will, said that it's not something he was the most proud of, um, which is an interesting take. Uh, Will Reeves said, quote, In our hometown in Bedford, New York, the local movie theater went through a rebrand a few years ago. The person in charge of that shift reached out to me and said they'd love to have me scream a film of my choice of my dad's. I responded, sure, but not Superman. We're going to do Remains of the Day. He was so proud of his role in that movie. It's not a big role. It's an important role in the film. He got to show a completely different side of himself. I knew how proud he was of that. Not that he wasn't proud of Superman, but if he were here, he wouldn't choose Superman. He'd choose Remains of the Day. Um, unquote. But it's, uh, it's interesting to see that they were not involved or approached. I, I get it. Maybe they own the likeness or something, but it... Ask the family, people. Come on. Uh, in the biggest news story of the day, literally the biggest news story, I, I'm not kidding, Jon Stewart will be returning to The Daily Show. Yes, Jon Stewart is returning to The Daily Show eight years, eight years after he stepped away. 
Uh, the Daily Show has famously been without a host since Trevor Noah left about a year ago, instead using a revolving door of different comedians as hosts of the show. Uh, and we learned that they'd still not found a host until today when we learned that Jon Stewart would be returning to executive produce The Daily Show once again, and he would host through this election cycle. However, he will only be hosting on Mondays, one day a week, and then uh, from then for the rest of the week, it will feature the different correspondents hosting the show. So while he will be returning, we still don't know his exact return date. I'm sure it will be very soon as he took a picture in the studio, Um, but I'm sure it will happen a lot sooner rather than later for him to cover different aspects in the election cycle. What I do very much like to hear, again, I'm very stoked for this because Jon Stewart hosting The Daily Show is what I think the world needs right now. I think that they will let him be a little unhinged, which is kind of what it needs, uh, especially given his, uh, he's been kind of unhinged lately himself in terms of news coverage. And when I say unhinged, I don't mean like crazy. What I mean by that is I mean he is not afraid to go after whoever he needs to go after. Um, He recently left his Apple TV Plus show uh, because they wouldn't allow him to cover certain things. I don't think... Paramount Global is going to give him those same restrictions. So I'm very, very excited to hear that Jon Stewart's back. I will start watching The Daily Show again. Uh, That's not a knock against Trevor Noah. I just personally did not find his humor um, relatable. And there's times where I find Trevor Noah hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't think he was the right fit for The Daily Show, personally. Now... Do I think they should have hired Roy Wood Jr. to replace Trevor? 1,000%. Roy Wood Jr. is hilarious. But at the same time, Jon Stewart is the OG. And you can never go wrong with the OG. So we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. Uh, Amazon has announced when part two of season four of Invincible will will air. Uh, That will air on March 14th. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering what the hell happened because the first part ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. I was confused myself when I was watching it recently. First off, great, great uh, uh, second season. Show's amazing. Also announced, Star Wars The Bad Batch will return for its third and final season on January or February 21st with a three-episode premiere coinciding with uh, it to follow weekly after that, with the final episode airing on May 1st, just a few days before May the 4th, Star Wars Day. Uh, Of course, there is no Star Wars celebration this year. There will be one next year in Tokyo. Uh, But I'm wondering what kind of announcements we'll get after the ending of The Bad Batch. Um, I wonder if a new animated show will be announced. I'm sure it will be. The thing that shocked fans the most, though, was the return of Asajj Ventress, who was thought to have been dead in canon. So we'll find out if that was a lie. Uh, The Marvels hits Disney Plus in literally two weeks on February 7th. Uh, If you guys never caught the Marvels, it 
it's it's coming to Disney Plus pretty quickly. Uh, Tron Ares or Tron 3 or whatever you want to call it has added Gillian Anderson uh, to its cast, famous for playing Scully on the X-Files, of course. Uh, John Boyega is circling the Book of Eli prequel show. Uh, play, he will, of course, be playing a younger version of the character first played by... Um, wow, okay. Yeah, that's that's what's happening right now. Uh, Denzel Washington, the Book of Eli. Isn't it Cosmopolitan? Isn't that the, uh, or the Bible? What What is that book? I don't, it's a magazine. I know that. Uh, Marvel has shown off more images of season three featuring Sam Wilson, Captain America, and several other characters. Um, in big news out of Universal Studios, uh, they're working on a new Jurassic, Universal Pictures, excuse me, Universal Studios is the theme park. Uh, Jurassic, a new Jurassic World film written by David Coop. If you don't know who David Coop is, he wrote the first Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, yes, Park movie. Uh, several other big budget movie tent poles as well. Uh, this film is expected to not feature any of the cast members of Jurassic Park trilogy or the Jurassic World trilogy. I'm, I'm in. As long as it ties in with the rest of those, I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. Uh, Netflix has announced that they will be the exclusive distributor of WWE Raw live. Yes, it will be live on Netflix starting in 2025. Uh, Mr. Beast may be gearing up to team up with Amazon Prime Video in a deal rumored to be worth $100 million dollars. Yes, James Jimmy Donaldson, famously known as Mr. Beast on YouTube, may be signing with them for a new competition series. This is via Puck News and Variety. Uh, it will be a new video show launched on Prime Video. It will follow essentially what he does is on his YouTube where he challenges people to try and earn money and uh, feature extreme challenges, large giveaways, it is estimated to be worth around $100 million if he signs on. The 25-year-old creator is the most subscribed individual on YouTube with over 230 million subscribers on his main channel. Uh, there are several other channels that also have multi-million subscribers. Um, but uh, Mr. Beast, a lot of people hate him. I don't know why the dude seems very nice and genuine and he does give a lot of money away as well, but I don't know. People just hate successful people, but sometimes successful people are okay. Uh, Netflix has shown off more of its Avatar show ahead of its February 22nd premiere. Show looks better and better the more I see of it and other people see it. Uh, Netflix also announced that Squid Game Season 2 is premiering this year. A lot sooner than anyone expected. So, I didn't think it was going to happen this this quickly. Um, but Netflix has also essentially made some really dumb announcements. Uh, they are going to be phasing out their basic plan, which is currently priced... At uh, $11.99 per month. And it says that uh, 
it's it, you're, I don't, you can't sign up for that as a new subscriber, but it wow, 13 million new subscribers in Netflix last year. And because of the password sharing crackdowns and advertisement based tier support rise, they're getting rid of their basic ad free option, which is 11.99. Um, last year, of course, like I said, it was made unavailable to new and returning subscribers, so you can only have it as a concurrent. But it, they haven't announced how it's going to affect those who are currently on it as it gets phased out. Um, UK and Canada will be the first with it being removed in the spring. Other locations will follow from there. Uh, Ad-free options will be limited to two tiers, standard and premium. Standard, of course, costs $15.49 per month. Full HD is at $22.99 per month with Ultra HD support, 4K. And that allows you to stream up to six devices at one time and two extra members. So I, I don't understand why they're doing this. They also announced that they're probably going to be raising prices again. They're doing well and they're raising prices again. Netflix, stop throwing money at every TV show that bats their eyes at you. Stop. Stop doing it. You're wasting money that way. Um... Yeah, 13 million subscriber surge last year, 12.5% year-over-year revenue increase. Your revenue went up and you're going to charge fucking more money? Oh, my God. In their quarter four earnings report, Netflix reported over 260 million subscribers, 13 million up from the previous quarter, 13% year-over-year. And... um a revenue of $8.8 billion, operating income of $1.5 billion for the quarter. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. So, it wants to continue investing in its own bespoke content lineup. And, uh, like I said, Squid Game Season 2. More industry consolidation. But they said that they won't partake in it, but it will happen. So, it says, uh, Netflix said, quote, it's logical to expect further consolidation, particularly among companies with large and declining linear networks. We're not interested in acquiring linear assets, nor do we believe that further M&A among traditional entertainment companies will materially change the competitive environment, given all the consolidation that's already happened over the last decade. Viacom, CBS, AT&T, Time Warner, Disney, Fox, Time Warner, Discovery, etc. Unquote. Uh, M&A's mergers and acquisitions. But, yeah, they also said, quote, as we invest in and improve Netflix, we'll occasionally ask our members to pay a little extra to reflect those improvements, which in turn helps drive the positive flywheel of additional investment to further improve and grow our service, unquote. Hey, fuckheads. No. No. You're already making a shit ton of fucking money. And guess what? Don't increase the price like four times in one year like you pretty much did last year. You're getting rid of a service. You're going to make people charge more. You have an ads version. Why are you increasing prices? Like I said, stop. Yes, stop making shit just because a showrunner or a writer or a producer bats their eyes at you and says, look at me, Netflix. No. No, no, no. And then, 
And then they announced they're going to pull a Warner Brothers and they're going to scrap a movie that literally finished filming. All for tax purposes. This, I, this, I feel bad for the actors and the writers. This movie will not see the light of day because they decided it wasn't worth it to release anymore. Look, before I continue, little back on Netflix making shit to make it, Stop stop making Kevin Hart movies, okay? The dude's funny, but like this plane movie or whatever the fuck he made, Air or something that came out a couple weeks ago, apparently it's dog shit. I haven't watched it yet, but I like it had I had zero interest in it based on the trailer, even though it has an interesting concept. Up in the air, I don't even know what the fuck it's called. Netflix, stop. Stop, please, for the love of God, stop. And continuing with what I'm talking about now, uh, Jeff Snyder has reported that a close course to production says, quote, these kinds of decisions are never easy and not taken lightly, unquote, apparently. Uh, the mothership, which was in its post-production and faced with numerous delays, apparently, quote, unquote, couldn't be completed, unquote. Uh, the film stars Halle Berry and will now never see the light of day. Um, Jesus. I guess Halle Berry's still working for them because she's going to make uh, a movie called The Union. But, and she directed a movie that ended up on Netflix. Uh, the movie was first announced in 2021. Uh, via deadline that Oscar-nominated Bridges of Spies screenwriter Matthew Charman had written the script and been would be directing it. Um, but this is now another movie that has been canceled despite being finished filming all because of tax write-off. And they can't release it to make a profit. Someone had an interesting idea I saw on Twitter, like, just make it public domain. Like, yeah, do that, because you're not going to make money on it anyway, you dickheads. What what the this this is a prime fucking example of 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 what they're doing. They're like, oh, we need more money to make more shit. Then don't fucking make a movie if you're not going to release it. I know they don't know that going into it, but don't just don't make every fucking movie that pops into your head. Okay, this is a prime fucking example. Oh, we dumped all this money into this movie, but. I'd rather take a tax write-off. Hey, dipshits, if you're going to take a $100 million tax write-off, you don't get to raise our prices on us, okay? That That's ass a fucking nine. Like, you're going to take like a maybe $50 million, whatever the fuck it costs to make the movie, right? You're going to take that as a tax write-off, and then you're going to go and charge people more money when you just got a massive fucking tax write-off? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, for real? This is something that's pissing me off. And and I know I sound like someone just complaining, right? About wealthy memes. No, like, no, dude. This is fucking bullshit. It, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I mean, even there was that Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley movie that people said was dog shit. Unwatchable. And the studio still put it out. They got some money. Do that. Try and make some money off of it 
and then take the tax write-off or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds fucking stupid. Okay? It, anyway. <laughs> um, we found out why Masters of the Air, which seems to be the Band of Brothers but for Airmen, is on Apple TV Plus and not HBO, which all those shows have always been on HBO. Playtone producing partners, uh, Tom Hanks and Gary Goetzman, who run Playtone and produce Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and now Masters of the Air, um, have said why it's not on HBO. So they said, quote, they insisted on us developing it. We had never made any television for anyone other than HBO. Regimes change, budgets get different, attitudes towards what these networks want to do or not do change, but they're all very friendly. They were pushing us to develop this. When we finally came around to it and newer people were there and we started talking about budget, it was obvious they couldn't handle it, at least at that point in time. And fellow executive producer Steven Spielberg said, let's go to Apple TV+. Plus. And so we did and met with their two head guys there and they said, hey, just don't go over this number and we're with you. We'll do it. And they did and they've been great, unquote. So, all right, HBO. What, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. I just... How... How... I... Uh, I don't... I don't understand. You'll make other shit... This is Netflix all over again, but with Warner Brothers. Because Warner Brothers pulls this... Has been pulling the same bullshit for the last few years. This is a guaranteed hit. This is a guaranteed bump in subscribers because it's... Band of Brothers in the air. It's World War II pilots in the style of Band of Brothers. This was going to be a guaranteed hit. And you know what? You just lost all the money you could have made to Apple because you decided, I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay for that. What in God's fucking name are you doing up there? What? Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the logic. It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense for me, please. Because it doesn't. I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I'm getting angrier over stupid shit. Over stupid shit. Um, Daredevil Born Again which recently started production again, uh, we've learned that Karen, Foggy, and Bullseye will all be returning from the Netflix series. So that's good news. Uh, James Gunn may have found his Supergirl. Uh, well, at least he's narrowed it down to two. Uh, via The Hollywood Reporter, both Millie Alcock and Meg Donnelly have been in final screen tests for the role. And uh, they will essentially first show up in Superman Legacy and uh, will ultimately get their own movie in Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, Anna Naguera will be the writer. will be based on the Tom King and Bill Quist Ev Evely comic, Supergirl and the Woman of Tomorrow. And uh, we'll see, though, if they uh, get the role. Millie Alcock 
of course, is famously uh, portrayed Rhaenyra Targaryen on House of the Dragon. And Meg Donnelly, however, uh, voiced actually voiced Supergirl, Supergirl in Legion of Superheroes and the Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths films. So she actually has portrayed Supergirl before. Um, a lot of people thought Sasha Kaye would reprise her role as Supergirl after her great showing in the Flash film. Um, she had met with James Gunn and Peter Safran about it, but doesn't look like that's happening anymore. So Superman Legacy, of course, is expected to release sometime next July. And then... Um, it, I don't know when the Supergirl movie is expected to release, uh, but I like Lily Alcock is a great actress. Um, I don't know what her American accent would sound like because um, we haven't heard it. So it'll be interesting to see if she could do it. Uh, and then other than that, I don't know much about McDonnelly. So she was an American housewife. The Zombies movie on Disney Channel. Um, she's in the Winchesters. Oh, she's from New Jersey. Okay. Let me see what else she's been in. Nothing I really know. What would you do, American Housewife? Zombies. Spider-Man. Oh, the cartoon. High School Musical, The Musical, The Winchesters, Legions of Superheroes. And I've never seen that. What is that? Okay. Anyway, uh, those are your two finalists for Supergirl. So we'll see what happens there. And we're going to end the show on the Oscars. The Oscars nominations were announced yesterday. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, did they snub some people. Um, this is ridiculous. Uh, so... Here we're going. Here we're going. Nominees for Best Picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. Best Director: Justine Trier, Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things, Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. Actor in a Leading Role, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Coleman Domingo, Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Actress in a Leading Role, Annette Bening, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Emma Stone, Poor Things. Actor in a Supporting Role, Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. Actress in a Supporting Role, Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira, Barbie. Jodie Foster, Nyad, Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. Writing, Adapted Screenplay, American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, 
the zone of interest. Original screenplay writing, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, Past Lives. Cinematography, El Conde, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Music original score, American Fiction, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Music original song, The Fire Inside, Flamin' Hot, I'm Just Ken, Barbie, It Never Went Away, American Symphony, Valhatsa, A Song for My People, Killers of the Flower Moon, What Was I Made For, Barbie, Production Design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Film Editing, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Documentary feature film, Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, 20 Days in Mariupol. Documentary short film, The ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, Nai Nai and Waipo. International feature film, Il Capitano, Perfect Days, Perfect Society of the Snow, Teacher's Lounge, Zone of the Interest. Makeup and hairstyling, Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Society of Snow. Visual effects, The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians, Volume 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Napoleon. Uh, costume design, I'm not going to do the rest. Those aren't super important. But I'm sure you're noticing that both Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were not nominated. I'm sorry, but if a film is nominated for Best Fucking Picture, the director better be nominated for Best Director. I, I, I just... I don't fucking get it. I don't get it, man. How can you qualify for Best, best Picture, but not Best Director? I'm on a fucking roll today, I'll tell you that. This is asinine. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Barbie's going to win Best Picture. It's not. It's not. Okay? It was an okay movie to me. I know people loved it. It wouldn't have made a billion fucking dollars if they didn't. Okay? But Greta Gerwig did what a lot of people thought was impossible and make a great fucking movie about Barbie. And she also made feminism tolerable for mass audiences, as I've seen many people say. Because it's fucking true. Okay? You're literally proving that movie fucking right by nominating Ryan Gosling as Ken, but not Margot or Greta for their fucking roles. Don't get me wrong. Ryan Gosling was great as Ken. I love I'm Just Ken. And I hope it beats that fucking terrible song, What Was I Made For? Song's depressing as fuck. Um, but you're literally proving that movie's point with this fucking shit. Literally proving its point. Oscars, what the fuck are you doing, kids? What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, other major snubs. The, uh, uh, the Mutant... Teenage... I can't talk. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Madness. Movie was beautiful. Should have been nominated for animated. 
Charles Melton is considered a snub for May-December. Uh, Dominic Sessa for the Holdovers. Fantasia Barino for the Color Purple. Uh, Cross the Spider-Verse's Music, which was great. Should have been nominated for Soundtrack. Greta Lee for Past Lives. Zac Efron and Iron Claw apparently is a, the biggest snub. I don't know if this movie came out soon enough to qualify, so I don't, I'm not going to get in that discourse. But the others, 1,000% I'm going to back. Like, I don't understand how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ninja Mutant Madness wasn't nominated. That's insane. Um, but the, just it, like I said, it literally proves the fucking point of that movie by not nominating either of them in their roles. Okay? Even Ryan Gosling has spoken out. Um, so, someone compared it to Kendall in fucking succession. Um, but via the Hollywood reporter, he said, quote, but there is no Ken without Barbie and there's no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. The two people most responsible for this history making globally celebrated film, no recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit and genius to say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Against all odds with nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad, and thankfully crotchless dolls, they made us laugh, they broke our hearts, they pushed the culture, and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees, unquote. So, I, I just, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I don't use that word a lot. I'm literally flabbergasted. So many other people were even like, what in the hell? Even Stephen King was like, no nom for Greta Gerwig. Can that actually be possible? I, I, I'm very, very confused at where the logic is in this. Yes, Hillary even said something. I don't really care what Hillary has to say, really. Um, obviously, she's going to make that a statement i i i just what are you doing academy of motion pictures and sciences or whatever the hell you're fucking called i i don't understand i don't understand how you can be your movie can be nominated for best picture but you can't be nominated for best director no fucking sense dude no clue it, it's Boys Club. It's back to being Boys Club. They're going to give it to Christopher Nolan or Marty. Yes, very well-deserving directors, but Greta should have been nominated. Should have been nominated. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. I, I, this is why I'm not in the Academy, because I, I, I wouldn't, I'd be too logical makes it makes no sense i'm tired of yelling at y'all and yelling in general (laughs) uh that is it for nixner news today thank you guys for listening today of course is january 24th 2024 it's not a palindrome unfortunately uh those of you who watch unlocked know what i'm talking about uh this was episode what what episode are we on two 298 folks 298 look at that I think it's time for me to get a new notebook for the show. Wow, it is. Okay, so 
Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. Of course, don't forget to check out nixnernews.com. Follow us on social media. Check us out on YouTube. Follow us on all the streaming, all the podcast streaming platforms of your choice, including Spotify. Thank you guys. And I will catch you on the flip side, maybe less angry. Who knows? (laughs) See ya. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you and have a nice day.